The Dude Abides on Radio 8-Ball. Jeff Dowd, a.k.a. The Dude, with Andres Jones here on Radio 8-Ball, coming your way all the way, all the time. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're between networks and we're tempting fate. With Marvin Etzioni putting questions to the songs Which we will randomly select here With the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball Give us a shake Radio 8 Ball Give us a shake It's the Radio 8 Ball and welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. I am your host, Andras Jones, and providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations today, we have Marvin Itzioni. Hello. Hi, Marvin. And uh, we're here in this studio in uh, Pasadena. We usually record at Starburns Industries in Burbank, but right now, as I explained earlier, things are all in, uh, in flux between Starburns and Feral Audio and where does Radio 8 Ball fit in this? We don't know. We're going to find out. So I called up Marvin and I said, hey, I, uh, I did the Biltmore Garage wants a grand, but we ain't got a grand on hand. No, I'm sorry. I'm, quit- I'm quoting Guys and Dolls. But basically, I'm looking for the place. We got the, we got the we got the game we got the we got everything but we don't have a place and Marvin's like yeah I think I might know a little room out in Pasadena not too expensive not, you know and pretty you know you can get in there and uh, it'll it'll sound great I'll make it work we'll make it work because Marvin's a guy who makes it work and so I found myself uh, on online discussing the the studio and everything with Adam who's here running things hey Adam welcome greetings to greetings call. to all. And you've been here throughout all of these. Yes, I've heard the whole thing. Being the unassuming engineer in the background, making everything work, not expecting that he was going to be thrust, thrust. into the spotlight. Spotlight. And and during this, there have been all kinds of synchronicities that have occurred. And I'll just say that uh, that what cemented the deal that I was going to give you this uncomfortable moment, Adam... <laughs> Was that while Mark was here, he mentioned my old band's name, Mr. Jones, in the previous. Indeed. And, you know, like like out of Star Wars, Adam's like, Mr. Jones in the previous. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> yes. In, in, fact, <laughs> in fact. In fact, I recorded you guys. That is exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. Yeah, so as soon as I heard the name of the band, the, the mental Rolodex started spinning. And oh my God, this is the same Mr. Jones <laughs> as all those years ago. And I, you know, and so I am so curious because uh, I have those tapes, and I, that was at a very formative period with for the band, mm. but it also included some of my favorite personnel, uh, and I was just curious. Do you, I you mean, had uh, some, it's a you long had some, time ago. It but, was a long time ago, but you guys had some good songs on that tape. Wow. And you also had a sound that was uh, of that time. I mean, this is before grunge. So it was in the, this strange period of pop music didn't really know where it was going to go yet. 
it, it, it was it, the the charts were dominated by rap and hip hop, and it's like the, the kind of pop music that we had heard a decade earlier seemed didn't exist anymore. I was just ripping off the stuff that Marvin was working on with Peter Case. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's like, well, where were where were those records when I wanted to hear them? Um, I was hearing all this other stuff, and your band came in, and it, it felt at the moment very fresh. We you were. Know, it's like that we were like was that years old. That was like a, a a great direction if it could, you know, if that sort of movement could really blossom the way that it should. Well, it blossomed in our hearts, yeah, of course not in the world. And it, it, that day was not a, a day unlike this. It know? was. Re- it was a lot like we had to figure it out and put things together with duct tape and just kind of make it work. And it was and also, I think it was a rainy day in Pasadena. It may have been. Whenever I come to Pasadena, particularly if it's a rainy day, I think about, those, about that session. Really? So when I pulled up here, there was a part of my mind that that was like... That was firing a little bit. Yeah, so. I was like, something familiar about this. This is crazy. And, so, yeah, and all these years later, as, a, as a, things that I remember, and this is because, as you mentioned, you have these things in your mind, these things that triggers that help you to remember stuff. At my old studio, I used to have a habit of taking Polaroid pictures and stapling them to the wall, and Marvin will remember that. I do have a picture of you somewhere. Oh, wow. Of that session, because I used to take pictures of everybody who came through the door, and they would be on the wall. And in fact, I remember In that fact, now. locally, it was a bit of a thing. You know, people would ask, are you on the wall? Meaning, have you been to Adam's studio? <laughs> it's like, have you been there? So, uh, yeah, I remember... See, that's why I remember the guy, the percussionist who had the, uh, the washboard, the wearable washboard. Steve McGalian, right, great, great right. drummer. Zing, 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 zing. Yeah, it's fantastic. And... Um, and I remember you, you had a t-shirt that said Cambridge on it. Oh, because I went like to... Cambridge University. Oh, actually, uh, because I went... Actually, or you went to Cam- Boston and it was yeah, Cambridge Mass. Cambridge Mass. <laughs> Cambridge Mass. Uh, and, uh, and I also... I, 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 look at... So, so but that's, that, that's thanks to Polaroid Pictures. So self-referential, so. I immediately talk about my stuff. But before I even found out that, Marvin was telling me that you had a band at that time... Oh, I've well, not at that time, but in more recent. And that's times. how you and Marvin. That's know how each you, other. he and I know each if, other. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, the, I was doing. I started just. I came here. I was just doing my solo projects. Yeah. Right. And you took a picture of me, and I. I always, at the time, I was brought. I think a newspaper. I, I, uh, the newspaper it was like me New York to, Times or something. Usually, I, I brought the New York Times to read in between breaks. I thought and, you were gonna be like Mort Saul, you know, because that's when I write my songs. Right. <laughs> no, and uh, it's not a bad idea yeah. actually. And, and and I remember just looking at the paper, and while while we we're taking a break, and Adam took a picture of me, and I don't know what the headline was, but that picture made it to the wall, of and course. I think it was Pat who said, "Who's that? Why don't we work with that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, the guitar player yeah, he was from in, the Syrups. From the Syrups, he was. Yeah, the, that was, was the, the name of the band. The yes, yeah. the Syrups. So when, when Adam's like, "Do you want to meet my band? Because we, we might, we could really need to work with a producer." And Pat saw your picture on the wall. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. At the time, our group, uh, we were scheduled to do to cut a few sides with somebody else, who was who came from a recording background. He was an engineer and. I, as far as I can tell, he made very nice recordings. 
But I knew just from being in the group and what our circumstance was and what we really needed is that we needed a producer who came from a songwriting background yep. more so than an engineering background. So um, when I met Marvin and realized, you know, he's a songwriter and he's got this big catalog and he does co-writes with people, and it's like, holy shit, this is exactly the kind of person that we, we need on our team. Right, right. So. Yeah. So, uh, so Adam... So, you, uh, you have a you have a question, mm. and you don't know what it is yet. No, I don't exactly know what it is. Yet. Well, I'm, you know I'm, what? I'm, I'm Mr. Jones. For I'm like Dylan's Mr. Jones. You got a question, and you don't know what it is, but I do, and I'm Mr. Jones. Okay, okay. So, you know, here we are. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna paint the picture of where I see you right now, and you maybe this this will help you get to a question. So here we are. We're in this we're in this studio. You've been. You, Marvin brought this guy in and I, you know, for those of you who were, you know, you weren't here at the beginning, but I came in and I come in with all my stuff and I sort of start to take over and <laughs> I step on everybody's toes and I push everyone's buttons. That's just, you know, I've gotten used to that's who I am. I just, you know, I hope that in the end it's all going to come out in the wash and people will so you see that it's all in good spirits. But so Marvin brings this whirlwind of a guy into your, into your studio and it's you know, it's pouring. This is we're having these torrential rains here in LA. Indeed. Uh, let's say I brought them here from the northwest. You're all welcome, uh, <laughs> because you need the rain. We do. And so here we have you. You're here. You've not only are you, you have a you have a torrent outside, but you've got a torrent inside. And uh, and we have and and we have this. You know, and then we have as we start to peel the onion on this, or pull back the rose petals, if you will. Uh, these synchronicities start to emerge. And here you are with this all going on. And my experience is that life is an as above, so below situation. So if this is what happened to you today, I have to imagine that this is probably the kind of thing that happens to you all the time. That that you are thrown into situations that you don't know what you're going to deal with or what you're going to have to address. And you just have to roll with it and make it work. Am I am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong. You're not at all wrong. That's, that's so, a, just a day like any other day. <laughs> you know, different flavor. Different flavor. Yeah, same, yeah every, same everything meal. is always, it's always puzzles. I'm, it's like doing crossword puzzles or something. So, <laughs> you know, with that in mind, I mean, if I was the kind of person who had these kind of experiences, I would, I mean, I can see why you wouldn't want to ask a question. You kind of have to... By, by having a question, you have to declare, you have to, like, make it about you. And it seems like the skill of being able to do that is being able to be the kind of person who can make it about the other person. And, it, you know, like, you're, you're responding to what other people are throwing at you. Yeah, well, that's part of what an engineer does, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that I haven't met people of your species before yes. Trogly troglodytes. No, we all, we all live I in caves. Use. We live I in caves. I would say more like <laughs> the bodhisattvas of music. <laughs> you know, okay. for a certain amount, for a, for a pittance every hour, these people will give you everything and make you sound better than you could ever dream of and then even remember it 25, uh, 30 years it's, later. It's all for the love of records and right. just the, the art form of making records. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm just curious now that I've you know I've I've sort of painted this picture, this, you know I hope a, a pleasant caricature of your of who you are, for the for the listeners. Is there some question, thought, something that emerged that sort of rises to the surface of your consciousness? It's like oh well, 
Yeah, that is what I'm up. This is what I'm up against on a daily basis. Well, I'll tell you, the, the thing that rises to the surface, and it doesn't have to do so much with what we were just now talking about, or even yeah. so much what I've heard today with other people calling in, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Because a lot of this has been very political. But more on a, in, a, in a personal, spiritual sense, how do you deal with losing people, the passing of people? We've, we've mentioned this earlier yeah. in the course of the shows. You know, this, this person has passed away, that person has passed away. And as I get older, I feel that more acutely than I ever have. So I don't know if there's really a question. Well, that's there. a great question. So, how do you deal with losing people? Yeah. How do you? I mean, that's something that everyone who I mean, lives everybody, long everybody's going to go through it. What's that Mose Allison song? If you live, your time will come. Mm-hmm. And if you live, others will, times will come too. And now to engage the pop oracle, you get to pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Oh, pick a card, any card. What's that card? It's the Radio 8 Ball card. Song number eight, which is... This is a uh, song that I wrote when I was going through a dark night of the soul. And this is a song called You Are the Light. You are the light in my dark world You are the fire that will always burn You are the light You are the light You are the light in my dark world Oh, how you shine in my time of darkness. Oh, how you shine when everything looks hopeless. You know how to help me when I can't stand on my own. No, don't let go now You are the light in my dark world You are the fire that will always burn You are the light You are the light You are the light in my dark world. Oh, how you shine in my time of indecision. Oh, how you shine, give this blind man some vision. 
you know how to help me when I can't stand on my own no don't let go now you are the light in my dark world you are the fire that will always burn you are the light you are the light you are the light in my dark world And that was You Are the Light from Marvin Etzioni. The answer to Adam's question. God, I got so caught up in the song, I lost the question. Oh, yes. yes. How do we, oh, because I, no, because I, I totally got the answer. How, like, how do we deal with, with loss, with losing people? Uh, and I thought the, I, I got a lot of ideas out of that. But first, Marvin. Uh, tell us a little bit about the background of that song. Well, I was um, I was just going through a, a rough time, and I was uh, staying at my grandparents and uh, sleeping on their couch, and uh, had the place to myself one day. And uh, th- this song was, you know, in a sense, a uh, an answer for me that, that got me through this time. And, um, and so, uh, I recorded it on my friend's four track and unfortunately neither he nor I can find a copy of this original four track tape. But at the time I had a cassette and, uh, I was in a band called Lone Justice and Marie and I and her mom were driving to San Diego and I said, I have a new song and they said, oh, let's hear it. So popped it in the cassette machine in the car. And uh, she, you know, Maria immediately said, I, we should do this song. And so it became uh, part of the set. And uh, I think the first time we tried the song live, I had, we were playing the, the, the lingerie and we were opening up for a cowpunk band called Blood on the Saddle. And we were rehearsing the song backstage and... Um, and I had suggested we open up with the song and we had never opened. Usually we would just come out, you know, barrels of blazing, you know, really loud. And But I suggested, why don't we open up with a ballad? You are the light. So they said, OK, you know, uh, they didn't know what I was what would happen. So as we were rehearsing the song, um, uh, someone backstage uh, heard us playing and just literally took my guitar and threw it against the wall and said, okay, enough of that. <laughs> and so at that moment, I was wow. like, well, I guess we can go on stage and play now. So that was the first time <laughs> we Wait, played. Wait, someone the, pulled a John Belushi on you with like, like basically took your guitar? Yeah. And, and it was like, okay, enough of that. You know, cause it was a lot of like, Hey, we do punk music I here. We don't punk. do this acoustic stuff, you know? Uh. And I said, all right, great. Well, let's go play. <laughs> Jeez. So that's when we walked on stage for the first time playing 
uh, You Are the Light. But it, it's a song that um, I ended up playing it at my sister's wedding. I had gotten an email from someone when, that relates to your question, Adam, that someone had passed away and she had told the, her partner that this was the one song that she wanted played at her service. Mm. And uh, yeah. I'd found out about that. So uh, I think one way of getting through dark times or getting through loss is through music. I think it could really yeah. be a, a, a soulful way of uh, identifying, you know, what it is that you're going through if you can find if you can find that song. So if if that reconnects to your oracle question, <laughs> I, yes, <laughs> I, it might do that. Yeah, what did you think about that? Well, in, in, fair, in fairness, this song is nothing new to me. I've heard this well, that's great. A, a million times from yeah. you. <laughs> and, and for good reason, because it's a very strong song, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I, I, you can see how it would be taken that way. You are the light, meaning you know your partner, you know your spouse, whatever the case. Um, you are the light could be could be a spirituality could be could be a god reference you know it's anything it's all in that same area for me yeah i i, mm-hmm. I remember talking to someone and she said well you know when i worked at a record store and i first heard the song i was a teenager and i thought it was a song between a boy and a girl yeah or a girl and a boy oh sure and then it I certainly got, could be Right, yeah, it's but easily I, taken yeah, that way. Yeah, but that's not how it was written. But it could be taken that way. But as she said, as I got older, and I, I had a, you know, more let's say a, a spiritual calling in my life. You know, all of a sudden the song took on a different meaning, which, which is a great thing about songs. You know, that yeah. no matter you can listen to something when you're eight or when you're eighty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and still, uh, if if there's a if. The song is there. It can relate to you. Uh, yeah, this song is a great multitasker <laughs> in that regard. Well, I mean, in terms of your question, I, I, I just felt like, well, first of all, like the idea that when, when we vacate, you know, when a person leaves, like is no longer holding the space of themselves, that what's left is our memories and that there's a kind that 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 is, uh, I've felt it very much throughout this whole show. I felt it when we were, there's something I wanted to talk about when we had the, our first connection about David Jove and Lotus Weinstock, who are both no longer with us. Right. Right. And just this, and then Josh, and it's just been one thing after another about the, uh, and even what was the song? I'm trying to think of the song that you said that was inspired by your friend, your had lost your grandmother. Can't cry hard enough. And can't cry hard enough uh, in Helen's uh, question that I do, I guess I, more and more I am becoming a, I don't know if believer is the right word, but I am someone who is choosing to believe in ghosts, uh, that I, in ghosts, as a positive thing, as the idea that, that being, that however it works, whether it's that we're haunted by the memories and that they have a life of their own, or that the sen- that there's a, some external spirit that is actually working on us, uh, that some there's something going on there. There's some connection that nev- that doesn't go away, and it's not just self-generated. 
Um, the thing that was that it was coming up for me when you were playing the when you were talking about the song with that you uh, the can't cry hard enough song. Uh, we had we had Jimmy Webb on the show once, and he told this amazing story about how he wrote the Highwaymen. And he wrote the Highwaymen. He was hanging out. I guess I'm name dropping his name dropping, but I didn't know this happened to me. This is just him telling the story. He was in England and he was hanging out with Harry Nilsson and they were drinking and talking and hanging out and doing what they did. And at one point, Harry broke down and was crying. He was talking because his mother had just died. And so he left. And Jimmy Webb goes to bed and he wakes up like uh, we were talking with Mark about like McCartney can just write a song in his sleep. I don't know if that ended up getting recorded or not, but that was something that came up here. And he said he woke up and this idea of death and as a, you know, and ghosts and previous generations was working around his head. And he just got up and he wrote The Highwayman right there. You know, mm. But the point is that. This, there's a rela- I feel like there's a relationship between ghosts and songs. Like as a songwriter, where these songs come from, uh, where so it, and going back to your question mm. about how do we deal with loss, I would say that what's here is the idea that well we should respond selfishly the way that a flower responds to the sun, like once. In a way, once we're no longer there holding it all in, it's all there for the taking, and it becomes alive when we draw from it. Mm -hmm. So, like, when we're sitting here talking about Josh Claytonfeld, he became became alive in the room. His spirit is here. We talk about Lotus, and her spirit is here. We talk about David Jobe, and his spirit's here. We talk about all these people. And there's something about, in a song, when that happens, when it comes through in song, it is the light. Right. You know, we can find that. Like, I don't need, I didn't have that experience with the Highwaymen. But now, when I hear the Highwaymen, I know, oh, it's not just him putting himself out into this idea of this historic, these historical figures through time dying and being reborn, but it comes from this germ of feeling the loss when you're with a friend who's felt the loss. Mm -hmm. And that idea, we're going back, at this point in the show, all of the answers start to fold in on themselves, and that (laughs) idea of the feminine love and the arms race of how big can you put your arms around the world Mm -hmm. and around the person next to you, around their ancestors, around their ghosts, around all of the stuff, all of the generations that are behind them. Like it's almost like that Native American idea of seven generations. Mm-hmm. That when we, uh, that when I, uh, when I hug you, Marmon, I'm hugging your ancestors as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so you are the light. Uh, when you are feeling the loss, of course you're going to feel the personal loss and you'll never stop feeling it. But then on the other side of it, how do you deal with the loss is... Again, I'll just say again, to deal with it selfishly, take as much as you possibly when when no one's long when they're no longer here, you can take as much from them as you can possibly take. Right? There's no they're never gonna get sick of listening to you. You can talk to your I can talk to my dead grandfather forever. He's never gonna be like, shush. Yeah. Let me get back to work, which <laughs> yeah. is what it would have said if he was around. Which by the way, you I've been sitting here looking, there's a way that you Marvin, you're you look like younger pictures of my grandfather. There's a way that 
these that like they like I when you're singing I'm like yeah he never played guitar but I'm looking across it and I'm like wow that's like Grandpa Louie over there like a young Grandpa <laughs> Louie wild um, so anyway that's what I thought about it allow me to pun- you, thanks for allowing me to pontificate oh absolutely you're very good at this no oh, thank you <laughs> wow well are you before we wrap this up is there a particular person that you are like are you Working through the loss of a... Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really need to go there. Uh, it's, it's nothing in particular. It's just I've been... Recently, I've been thinking about my father quite a lot, and he's, he's passed away, I guess it was four years ago, five years ago now. Mm. So I've been thinking about him a lot. And I also... And when I look in the mirror in the morning, it, I start to see him looking back at me. Mm-hmm. Well, just because I'm older now. You know, now I'm, I am the, I am now the age that he was when I was little. Right. You know, so I'm, it's a little spooky and we don't need to go there. Oh, it's it's spooky and it's beautiful. It's It's, spooky and it's beautiful. And that's, that's the way it should be. I mean, that like, that's the hardest thing about losing a parent is like, first of all, you, you, you know what I mean? It's like family photos. People look alike and, you know, it starts to, but that's also a great thing. Yeah, like I you, I, you so. get like you lost him, but he's there. Like you're the person, like as a child of him, you're the person who will never lose him, right? Yeah. He's, but I also have a feel, feeling now because now I am the age that he was then. I have a much better idea of what made him tick. You know, because back then, you know, you're yeah, you're just a you're a child, and he's like he's dead. Well, you know, but now, it's like okay, now I I, I understand a little better about why he was and what he did and why he was so driven because he was a production guy too. So, ah, yeah, yeah. Not audio filmmaker, but yeah. that's it. Did you know that? Did you know that Marvin? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes we have talked about this. In fact, a couple of his microphones are, are, are from your him. dad's. Yeah, yeah. 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 In fact, that's what got you hot on the, the that's RCA 44 yeah, because I have one in the other room. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a nice mic. And so I found one yeah. for myself. Yes. <laughs> RCA 44. Yeah. yeah. You look, don't, go and get, don't go look online because I'm going to be looking for one myself. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you know, if you can get $500 for one that does not work. <clears throat> yeah, that's how crazy it is. Yeah. Because yeah. people want them. Well, they want them for props. Yeah, they just want you the show. Yeah. yeah. You know, put it on camera or something. There is a company called uh, there's a company called AES that makes new versions of these. AEA. AEA? AEA. AEA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very good company. They're in Pasadena. Just off the street, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Worth going to if you're into old mics or want to. Or just vowels. This. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> or vowels. <laughs> if you like vowels, you could go there too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball on Feral Audio. If you'd like more information about the Pop Oracle, please check out our website at Radio8Ball.com, where you can find out about upcoming shows, about asking your own question on the podcast, and about our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed on Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. Until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.